Welcome back to Shaped by the Word, day 108. I am David Keefe here with Katie Kresge and Matt Kresge. And today we're starting a new book, guys. Yes, we are. I'm excited. Uh, we've made our way through 1 Thessalonians. Now we're going to 2 Thessalonians. And oddly enough, it's a very similar letter. Yeah. Um, some time has gone on since Paul's first letter to Thessalonica. Now a little but later, um, he, he's finding that some of the same issues he addressed in the first letter are still issues um, within the church. Um, some people are, are still idle. They're still not working hard. Some folks are still confused about the resurrection, even though he's addressed it numerous times in letter and, and probably even in person when he was there. And so now he's going to continue addressing these issues. And as well, he's going to um, continue addressing Christians who are still being persecuted. Um, the, the persecution has not stopped for these believers. And so that means they have faithfully continued to endure over even more years than where we left off in First Thessalonians. So these people have been going through much difficulty for the sake of the gospel. And so Paul obviously wants to encourage them. And so he's going to give them some hope despite, despite persecution. He's going to clarify the Lord's coming. He's also going to continue to challenge the idol. Those are kind of the three sections we find in this letter. And each section, which is really cool, is kind of concluded with a prayer. Mm-hmm. So it's as if Paul's kind of writing a little short essay and then a prayer. And he goes to the next topic and, and a prayer and the final topic and a prayer. So we'll kind of see that rhythm mm-hmm. as we're moving through the letter. Um, but before we do jump in, um, let's turn to God in prayer. Matt, you mind starting us? Yeah. Father, we do turn to you, uh, knowing that you have spoken to us through your word and given us such a gracious gift. And, and so, Father, as we read your word together, um, would we marvel at, at all that you have done and are doing in us and through us? Um, would we marvel at all that you've done in Christ Jesus to accomplish our salvation, to apply it? Um, God, would you strengthen us, encourage us, use this time to build us up, um, and, and Father, would you get much glory through it? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today we'll read Second Thessalonians chapters 1 and 2. Chapter 1. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. And this is evidence that God's judgment is here. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you because you believed our testimony to you. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you 
that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered with him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by a word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Do not let anyone deceive you in any way. For the day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you and I was telling you about all these things? And now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders, he will use all sorts of displays through powers of signs and wonders that serve the lie and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. But you ought always to thank but we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel, so that you share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us by his grace, give us eternal encouragement and good hope. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. And so there we go, the opening two chapters of first and second of a uh, second Thessalonians. <laughs> a lot of Thessalonians going on around here. And uh it's also the, a tongue twister. I know, right? So long. Second Thess. <laughs> and uh, so we see a pretty traditional opening that Paul has in, in many of his letters. Mm-hmm. And we see his in thanksgiving and in his prayer for their faithfulness to the gospel. We get into the man of lawlessness, which yeah. I'm sure everyone is on the edge of their seat Dying waiting to hear, to hear what that means. But then this also encouragement to, to stand firm. Uh, and that's kind of where Paul concludes chapter two. And so as you're looking at these chapters, guys, uh, what stands out to you? What grabs you? Maybe something encouraging or convicting. 
it's fun to read this letter right after we've read First Thessalonians, and, and we we mentioned it over and over again that just you know Paul continually reminded us of how their love was increasing for one another, how their faith was going out to everyone around them, and so when he gets to the second letter, you know you almost kind of wonder, okay, is he going to start rebuking them, or have they slipped, or are they struggling? And he begins it by saying, we think we ought to thank God always for you, you know, brothers and sisters, and rightly so. Why? Because their faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. I mean, what an encouraging way to start the letter. And again, I mean, there was a church full of of problems of their own. You know, it's not a perfect church, but to see a church that that God and He prayed this that mm-hmm. you know we pray that God would sanctify you and you know make you more like Jesus. And how does He start His next letter to them? You know, God is doing just that as your faith is increasing and your love for one another is increasing. Man, we thank God for you. And you gotta love that. I mean, when you just think about the the Christian journey and and the Christian life, are you looking more and more like Jesus or less and less like Jesus? Um, And and Paul would say to these Christians, you're looking more and more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. I've been with you, I've been walking with you, I've been encouraging you, even from a distance, I'm getting reports, you're looking more like Jesus and what a convicting thing yeah. for us today to even consider our own lives in light of that. Well, and especially in the circumstances that it's it's happening in. You know, we tend to think that like growth happens best when we're yeah. comfortable and and life is going well and and seems like their life's never going to be comfortable. I mean, because he continues to say in verse 4, therefore among God's churches we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials not you endured but are enduring that mm-hmm. this is ongoing persecution that continues to happen to this church mm-hmm. you know and they're not looking and saying man we just our faith will be so strong and our love for one another will be so strong when we get out of this tough season in the midst of it i mean it seems like it's never going to end for them yeah and it's it's another instance in scripture where we see that we don't have to be the ones um that fight back so we don't have to be the kind of people that um avenge or get revenge um but you know in verse six god is just he will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well i mean we have a god who in his perfect timing in his perfect plan will fight for us um we need not fight because in in doing so we can mar the image mm-hmm. of Christ we we can re- misrepresent him mm-hmm. um, to a people who are lost and so uh, that's just so encouraging to anyone who um, might be feeling um, oppressed by a different kind of people um, might be feeling misunderstood by I mean in our day and age, I feel like a lot of our um, resistance or persecution is really just being misunderstood by the culture around us. And so we can even find comfort in this, just knowing that, you know, our job is to be faithful and obedient to what he has placed in front of us and to constantly go back to him and the gospel that he's given us. Um, and then hopefully that that in his perfect way, people will see um, the light shining mm-hmm. through us. So. No, absolutely. And I love how you kind of talking about God being just, um, you know, those who have rejected the gospel, they, they will be punished. However, those of us who have believed on that day and they will be glorified in his holy people and be marveled at among those who believe. So at, at this day, it will be a very sad day for many, but we will get to marvel. Um, and man, what an invitation of, of, of evangelism, right? Like we want more people to marvel mm-hmm. at Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. There are people 
in our city, in our neighborhoods, even in our families who do not marvel at Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, man, what, what, a, what a call for us to be the type of people who labor diligently to help more and more people marvel Mm -hmm. at Jesus. So with that being said, Matt, let's give a little 60 second on the man of lawlessness. (laughs) We know that he uh, is probably a a type, you know, we see these types of people all throughout the scriptures. Um, And essentially we do get kind of the core of it It is someone who um, opposes the things of God. Mm-hmm. It's this man, maybe a political leader, a, a leader of a country who just opposes the, the things of God. But Matt, give us a little more details. Yeah, so Daniel 11, you'll find this this man that, you know, there's, there's prophecy about this man who, when he comes, he'll he will begin to do some of the things that, that, you know, Paul mentions here. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God and his worship so that he will set him up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. We see some of this in Daniel 11, um, Antiochus, Antiochus Epiphanes, um, and the second century becomes kind of this guy, you know, where he, he was just so evil and, and so much, you know, that we see here would, would be true of him. Uh, he began to, be, maybe he was the Antichrist. Um, you have, I think it's Pompeii during this time, um, will actually, like, desecrate the temple. And in some of the Jewish writings, they will actually call him the lawless one. Mm-hmm. And so the lawless one becomes this this figure, this type for essentially kind of the Antichrist, the one who is against God and against the the will of God, the things of God, mm-hmm. the law of God. And, and his goal will be then, right? And you see Paul's kind of warning as he's thinking about the coming of, of Jesus. He says, do not be deceived. His, his goal will be to turn the hearts of Christians away from Jesus you know, to, to this worship of, of himself and, um, and this way of, of living. And so, you know, Paul's encouragement to us is, is to, to not be deceived. Keep your hearts and your mm-hmm. affections and your attention on, on Jesus because there is a coming of a lawless one who will be in accordance with how Satan works. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of how Paul concludes it. He's not wanting us to read about the man of lawlessness and go into crazy apocalyptic speculation, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Of like, well, I know who that guy is. Yeah. If you're thinking of a name, it's probably not that name. Mm-hmm. This isn't for us to like put this label on people and to be the types of Christians that do that sort of thing. But again, yeah, exactly what Matt's saying. He, he wants to provide some comfort and hope and encourage us to not fall away. And that's why he says at kind of at the con- conclusion of chapter two, stand firm. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is this call to us to stand firm and to hold fast to the teaching that, that Paul passed on to them either by word of mouth or by leather. And so in the midst of craziness, um, he's not asking us to go and find who the man of lawlessness is and to make our charts and graphs and to put it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He's calling us to stand firm um, and to stand firm in, in what? That'd be the gospel. Um, that's his call to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to be, stand firm, be aware and be wise and and seek your wisdom from the lord and not from the world i think that's so tempting for us to do when we're surrounded by and we're surrounded by so much information i mean we're on information overload and so it's so easy to think that we can get our wisdom from from those sources those resources but we find our wisdom from god and continue to just Mm -hmm. go back to him um, to gather with his people and um, to not remain ignorant to the, those things that are going on in the world, but um, to to stand firm and hold fast um, to the truth that we have in the gospel and in scripture, mm-hmm. um, and, and yeah, to be able to 
to to test what mm-hmm. is true and mm-hmm. what isn't. Well, and we're reminded that that even in this law, law, you know, with the lawless one, like God's still sovereign over him. Yeah. You know, that there's this restraining influence that, you know, this restrainer, we, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different, we could talk about that in another episode, you know, yeah. after, after, after Who's our the restrainer? Who is the restrainer? There's a lot of opinions there, but, but whatever it is, it's God is restraining the lawless one. And when he does allow the lawless one to come, Jesus will overthrow, you know, with the breath of his mouth That's and destroy the splendor of his coming. The, yeah. breath, the breath of his of mouth. mouth. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And I love it. The splendor of his coming. You yeah. know, that what is the splendor of his coming? It's that he will be overthrown. And, and so as the church, you know, we're not... We're not afraid of this. We're not, you know, we're not worried about what's going to happen to us. We trust in the one who's overcome the lawless one. Absolutely. And I love how, and that you mentioned in the stand firm, the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. You know, good hope. Encourage our hearts and strengthen us in every good deed and word. Absolutely. So, so when the world around us seems kind of wild, kind of crazy, kind of shaky, we are able to stand firm, not because of our own strength, but because we are being held by the creator of the universe, our God and our savior. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just close us with, with Paul's prayer at the end of, of chapter two. I'm gonna pray this for us. He says, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word and we do pray that that would be true of us amen Mm -hmm.